Every two years, a large crowd gathers at a disused limestone quarry in the English Midlands. With them come all manner of haulers, dumpers, excavators and rock crushers. The bustling site is surrounded on all sides by the Serene Peak District, a stunning national park situated at the southern end of the Pennines, a range of hills and mountains that separates the northeast from the northwest of the country. Over 20,000 people congregate in either the blazing sun or the pouring rain of the British summertime. The event is called Hillhead, and although it does have an appalling record for weather conditions, advising its visitors to bring both raincoats and sun cream, it can also boast of being the largest event of its kind in the world. It is at Hillhead that the quarrying, construction and recycling industries all gather. The 20,000 guests are entertained and courted by over 500 exhibitors at a lively event, probably most famous in the industry for its three days of live equipment demonstrations. Held as it is in a quarry, there isn't much to damage, so dozens of machines are on display. There's Crusher Alley for rock processing equipment, the Quarry Face for showing off excavators, wheel loaders, dump trucks, dozers, cold planers, hydraulic breakers, screening buckets, and mist cannons for dust suppression. But this year, none of that was possible. From this episode introduction, you can probably tell that we miss outdoor events. But yes, COVID-19 prevented the usual programme at Hillhead, the event was held online this year. But that presented an interesting opportunity. Because while the event is normally about getting into the real grit of the industry, practical problems, machinery, the rock and the construction work itself, this year the focus had to shift. It went online. And this event, so famous for its hands-on approach, could take a step back and focus on some of the wider, longer-term issues facing the industry. Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Rian Owen. In this episode, we've partnered with Shell Bitumen, which was one of the companies presenting at Hillhead Digital in March. In its shifted focus, it looked at decarbonisation, digitalisation and infrastructure, all of which are themes that have come into sharper focus due to the pandemic, but also as a result of the existential threat facing us all. Climate change. Although with recycling as one of its three main industries, it was still in keeping with the spirit of the event. Topics covered included the production of carbon negative aggregates for the construction industry. Stage five engines in quarries. Energy production and the place batteries will have in the construction site of the future. Low carbon materials use. And looking at how to keep materials in use for longer, generally. Representing Shell at the event was Jane Lindsay Green. She discussed the decarbonisation of construction and cement. She has had a range of titles in her years at the company, all involving terms like future fuels and energy transition. She's currently Low Carbon Offers Manager. But in short, she's interested in what Shell and the broader industry are doing in response to the climate emergency. Her presentation, as with a lot of climate presentations, began by terrifying you with statistics. On the demand side of civilization, we are not going to have any relief. Population growth means that we are currently adding an extra billion people every 12 years. 
We're due to hit 8 billion people by 2023 and achieve a population of about 10 billion by 2050. As our population grows, so does the demand for advances in mobility, construction and industrial development, which itself drives a significant rise in global energy consumption. Addressing the stresses on the environment has never been more important, and a major portion of that stress is within the realm of construction. Worldwide, the global construction industry accounts for 36% of all energy usage and 39% of CO2 emissions, according to the International Energy Agency Global Status Report for Buildings and Construction. Energy is consumed at every stage of the construction life cycle, from the manufacture or extraction of materials, to the transportation of materials to site, to machinery and the waste produced. And that's why solutions that use materials more efficiently and sustainably are absolutely critical. The Paris Climate Agreement is the global effort to keep emissions below 2 degrees C, and hopefully below 1.5 degrees C. For the UK to meet its obligations under this agreement, it needs to become a net zero producer of greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. As an intermediate goal, it submitted its latest and most ambitious target in December 2020. This target, although necessary, seemed astonishingly ambitious to many. It is called the UK's nationally determined contribution and would see carbon dioxide emissions reduced to one-fifth of 1990 levels. In other words, it is a 68% cut in economy-wide greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. Even in a services-based economy like the UK, construction represents about 6% of the GDP, the total value of all goods and services produced by the economy. Which translates to 300,000 construction firms employing some 2.7 million people in this country alone. And there are some easy wins. For example, UK.gov claims that delivering greener buildings could reduce UK CO2 emissions by 16% between 2023 and 2032. And there is the fact that, despite a misconception in this area, sustainability does not necessarily affect bottom line. See episode number 100, our three-part special on delivering mega-projects, for more on how a carbon reduction translates into a direct cost saving. And episode 91, Global Risks and Shapeshifting Infrastructure, where John Carstensen, the climate resilience lead for Mott MacDonald, chastises me for asking about the cost of sustainability, and argues that that viewpoint is almost 50 years out of date with the science. Indeed, a 2018 report by the Telegraph newspaper on the future of sustainability saw that effective corporate and social responsibility can increase a company's market valuation by 4 to 6%. Like all of the major energy companies, Shell's influence on the environment is smaller than the casual listener might expect. Its own operations account for far less energy than its clients. The in-house emissions account for about 10% of the total, hence the interest in the broader industry. Along with other presentations at Hillhead, Jane went into the plans for the coming years. Looking at supplying clean fuels such as hydrogen will be critical, 
We will be covering hydrogen in an upcoming episode, but to whet your appetite, you may want to check out episode 24, Unleash the Hydrogen Potential, where we explore the possibilities for hydrogen as an energy carrier, an electricity and heat source, and as a long-term option for backup power storage. They are also looking at biodegradable lubricants in the form of Shell Naturel. And then there are more familiar efforts, such as Shell Bitumen Fresh Air, which we covered in episode 65, Every Little Helps. Basically, it reduces the negative impact of asphalt production and paving on local air quality. Shell is also helping to develop large-scale CCS projects, carbon capture and storage. For example, the Northern Lights project. This project is a collaboration between Shell, Total and Equinor. It aims to offer Norwegian and European industry a solution for transport and storage of CO2. Phase 1 of the project is scheduled for completion by mid-2024 with a capacity of up to 1.5 million tonnes of CO2 per year. Norsem are one of the partners in the project and they plan to capture and store around 400,000 tonnes of CO2 per year at their cement plant in Brevik in southern Norway, which corresponds to around 50% of the plant's total carbon emissions. The company is also looking at machine controls and intelligent software to minimise waste in its production process. But one company can only go so far. Temperatures are soaring, storms are raging, and crops are failing. If we do not take this chance, every single one of us will be affected. In 2015, in Paris, world leaders committed to a historic agreement to tackle climate change. They agreed to hold the increase in the global average temperature to well below 2 degrees Celsius, above pre-industrial levels, and to pursue efforts to limit the rise to 1.5 degrees Celsius. This year, COP26 will take place in the UK. Due to be held in Glasgow in November, the UN's Climate Change Conference will be the first since 2019. The world was deemed too distracted by COVID-19 to justify the 2020 event. And time is of the essence. Multiple leaders expressed disappointment that the 2019 conference could not push commitments further. Now a whole two years later, the sense of urgency has only increased. The UK holds a COP presidency this year, and its representative, Alok Sharma, has already said that for the talks in Glasgow in November to be judged a success, governments must urgently set out their targets to cut greenhouse gas emissions over the next decade, including announcing an end to new coal power plants and commitments to phase out existing ones. He is also urging countries to end the sale of new petrol and diesel vehicles. Writing in The Guardian newspaper, Sharma said, I want to put the world on a path to reach net zero by the middle of the century, which is essentially to keeping 1.5 degrees Celsius within reach. Today's global targets for 2030 are nowhere near enough to meet the Paris Agreement temperature goal. So the UK is using the COP26 presidency to urge all countries to set 2030 emission reductions targets that put us on a path to net zero. Every company must take part, and the construction and infrastructure industry has an outsize effect. And the journey the industry must go parallels that which Hillhead has gone on this year. From a traditional setup focused on the oil and the grit and the physical side of the work. 
to one that is thinking about how to deal with a new reality and leverage a range of modern technologies to deliver a clean and efficient solution to a major world problem. But for the construction industry, the change must be permanent. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. Our producers are Alex Conacher, Bernadette Ballantyne, Rian Owen, Ross McPherson, John Young, Velo Mitrovic, and Tim Sheehan. This episode was written and hosted by me, Alex Conacher. My co-host was Rian Owen. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Script editing and series supervision by John Young. And our own thoughtful pause is Rory Harris. Special thanks to our episode partner, Shell Bitumen. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media, on Twitter and on LinkedIn.